Before we get into today's chat, we'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which we record this podcast today, the peoples of the Kulin Nation. As always, we pay our respects to their elders past and present. There's no definite jobs that we do around the house that are mine and yours. It's just whatever needs to be done. If I do the washing, yeah. it doesn't necessarily work out. So we've sort of made that probably one job that I'm not just allowed I don't to like do. The way that you do the now. washing. And then there's things that I don't do, like stack the dishwasher very well. I don't know why, but you just don't know how to stack that dishwasher and properly. And then you're like, did you stack this? I'm like, no, Nina did it. Like, hello, Nina who do would you do think it? stack oh, yeah. the dishwasher? Look, can, we get, can we move on from this topic, <laughs> please? Like, this, this, this is a loaded get- question. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Talking in Common, a podcast of all things lifestyle, family, relationships, well-being, kids and culture. This is not a how-to, but an insight into the lives of ourselves and others and how we all manage to get by. Hosted by myself, Kate Gadinsky, and my co-host, Sophie Panton. Take a listen and let's find out what we all have in common. We'd like to give a big shout out to today's Sharing is Caring guest, Plan B Sleep Consulting, empowering parents to achieve a better night's sleep. So, Aidan, what do we have in common this week? Um, we both haven't had a surf. Actually, we want to welcome our guests, our beautiful partners, who we've been talking about for quite a while on this podcast. I'm glad you guys made it in. And it's about time. We're just so happy to have you here. Kate and Sophie, how are you guys? Thanks so much for having us. What a beautiful welcome. It's so nice to finally be invited to this podcast I've been hearing about for so long between you two. So you haven't listened to a single episode, is that what you're saying? (laughs) Is that what you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now go. Go, do intro. Come on. I kind of liked that. Anyway. I love it. We're on. That's it. Welcome, Aiden, Mackie, a bit of context for everybody. Our beautiful partners are here, the dads, the loves of our lives, the keepers of our caves. Here they are. Finally joining us on the pod. I actually think they've been desperately wanting to come on for the past, we've done three seasons now and this is the first time we've had them on. Yeah. But they're finally here and I think it's about time that we have them on because we talk about motherhood all the time, and we talk about our partners a lot on the podcast. Yeah, true, actually. <laughs> which you both would know if you did listen to all the episodes. This is an episode that I promise I will listen to in full. I'm just kidding. I do listen to all of your episodes in full. That is the biggest <laughs> lie. <laughs> I've listened to lots. I listened at the beginning. I have listened to lots. Yeah. You've learnt most things you know in life from our podcast, be honest. Well, that's why I don't know much. Anyway, <laughs> we, really, we really wanted to do an episode to kind of celebrate the dads and hear about a lot of the topics and things that we talk about but from the dad's perspective and we thought who better to get on than the two best dads we know and they're here. And they're here, finally here. And Ren, yes, we know you're here too, (laughs) always in the background. Let's quickly get into what we have in common today. Probably that our- Our hot husbands, (laughs) come on. (laughs) Our better other halves, is that what you say? The men who hold the keys to our hearts. <laughs> oh, these are all very kind words. I wish you guys would say this a lot more often. <laughs> so, all right, well, let's get into it. We just want to ask you guys questions around your experiences with fatherhood and being dads. We just want you to be open and honest and share your thoughts and opinions. There's no wrong or right answer. So, is this test out of 100 or <laughs> what's the deal? We'll let you know once you've finished yeah. how you go. Oh, good. <laughs> So, it would be fair to start with childbirth and talking a little bit about experiences with that. Darling, maybe you can speak on this a little bit because we've only just recently been through it with our little almost five-month-old. What would you say was your personal experience around childbirth, like your role, your responsibility and just your understanding of the process? I think my role, first of all, was to be the support and really reassure you that everything was going to be okay. The experience was completely different both times, both beautiful experiences, but very different. Um, The first experience with honey was fresh and raw and, and, and new. We'd never done it before. So the unknown was very much in the back of my mind and also very confronting, I suppose, the way it all came about. We rocked up on a random day checkup sort of thing, not expecting to be told that, yeah, we were going to have our baby that day. I think we left the hospital 
gathered our thoughts. We did a runner, didn't we? Yeah, and walked <laughs> through the botanical gardens and just sort of said, what's going to happen is, is going to happen and what will be will be. Put on our uh, brave faces and went back in. And I think I said to you, you know, once we go through those doors, whatever happens is going to happen and, and we'll be right. Really, I was shitting myself, mm. um, but I knew I had to you be strong. You were shitting yourself? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. The first experience was beautiful, but with the second experience, I really thoroughly enjoyed watching you go into a spontaneous labour at home in our environment with all the incense and candles and doing what you do best and really just the powerful woman sort of came out. <laughs> Two different experiences, and I wouldn't change any of those experiences. They were both beautiful in their own right, but um, both amazing. Oh, that's lovely, darling. You look you, emotional, actually, as you're talking. It's really yeah, nice. Yeah, I'm just thinking about it. It just yeah. sort of brings back memories, especially with Ren. It wasn't that long ago, and it's just beautiful, amazing. A lot of people, after sharing my birth story on the podcast, have asked about having Ren in water, how we had him in a bath. Yeah. What did you feel about that experience? I loved that we had that option. It really felt right. You always wanted to do that. And I feel like the second birth was really the birth that we'd always talked about doing in this ideal world, I suppose. Um, One was through the public system, one was through the private system. Both were great, but that water birth was really something that we'd always wanted and got to have. And then, yeah, the end result was even better. So, yeah, it was beautiful. I remember you like with legs standing in the bath, your hands in like <laughs> holding me up. Like, I was yeah. like, hold me, hold me up. <laughs> and you're like sweating like. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty intense. hot, the bath. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't want to complain about holding you up or doing anything like that. Obviously, you know, it goes on for a long time and, yeah, you were going through a lot more than what I was going through and being the strength at that moment is everything. I did honestly believe that the first time I didn't know what was going to happen. It was quite scary. The second time I just thought, she's got this. Although I feel like the second time you probably didn't think you had it as much as what you did the first time. Mm. I had every bit of faith that you were going to get it done. Thanks, baby. Do you want to talk on childbirth, Mackie? (laughs) (laughs) You look like you're about to cry, darling. It was so nice to hear that. Obviously, Aidan and I get to talk a bit, but to be able to see you say that to Soph, uh, it was really nice. I guess thinking then of first time, for me it was kind of nice not knowing anything or too much to let things just kind of happen and roll out as they happen. Whereas the second time it was kind of nice to know, okay, we're at this stage and this is about to happen and wow, what's about to happen next? Mm. I think the first time going into the unknown was scary, but also something that you're supposed to do as a human at some point mm. if, if you choose to do that. Being a little bit more naive the first totally, time around, yeah, yeah. I think. Not knowing what's going on, just dropping in and just doing it. And all of those things I think that we'd learnt had potentially gone out the window. Yeah. And then second time around, it was nice to kind of know, okay, we're at this stage, we're here, this is what's happening. We've got some tools that we can work on together to get the baby out. It's pretty wild. Yeah. It's, they it's, were two like completely different experiences, I think like Nina to Lulu. Obviously, we were in a hospital for both births, but Nina felt a lot more medical. I think we were really kind of just listening to what everyone was telling us that I should be doing or we should be doing. And whereas the second time around, I think we went in there a little bit more like, no, 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 like we've done this once before. We want to do it a little bit differently. We know that we can do it, like just kind of tapping into each other. And We had some good breathing exercises and some movements that we did together to sort of not diminish the pain but potentially take your mind off some of those things and sort of take you away and then bring you back to being present and rolling with the emotions and the feelings of what was going on. Nina, though, was pretty fun because it was Christmas Eve and Nina came out and it was like a party. It was just not for you but for everyone else who was there. (laughs) For context, I was throwing up everywhere. (laughs) But it was just for our families together to come together and to celebrate you having a baby on that day together was just amazing. That just obviously Lulu was the same. It was a celebration, but there was just something. Lulu was a little bit more intense when she was yeah, born, I think. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Can I say? Y- yeah. Well, yeah, I thought Lulu was dead when she came out. Like it was, mm. that was distressing. I didn't know what was going on because the room went silent. We went from all sort of pushing and working together 
on trying to get this baby out to mm. all of a sudden no one's talking. The doctors and the midwives weren't talking. There was a purple human <laughs> hanging upside down in the room, which was totally confronting and totally not prepared for. I think it was really weird because I was so anxious throughout my pregnancy and throughout the whole birth experience with Lulu, even though it was an incredible experience, the actual birth and the labour. But when that happened, when she was born, it was like my instincts had kicked in because I must have just known that she was okay or everything was happening so quickly and I was kind of on another planet because I'd just been, you know, going through labour that I just knew she was fine. Whereas for you, like you were pale. Mm. You were really shaken up by it. It just took ages. It took took ages for anyone to really talk in the room. And when they as I said, it felt weird from all of us working together. Mm. Everyone sort of as a team trying to get this baby out to all of a sudden they were just talking to each other and we were excluded from Mm. the conversation. Like everyone who was involved did totally the right thing. Don't stop and tell me what you're doing. Just do what you got to do. But that was an out-of-body experience for me and something I'll obviously never forget. It's really nice to hear like your perspectives of quite intense, you know, moments and experiences like that because you were literally on the other side of it from Kate, you know, so her experience was almost opposite to yours. She was living it, you were watching it. And I and I have often thought, like, that's a really intense experience for a partner to watch, you know, your loved mm-hmm. one go through, you know, labour. It's full on. And then, yeah, you're seeing things in a completely different perspective and having to kind of, you know, navigate your own. I suppose when you, you're watching – the love of your life go through something that's so full on mm, the biggest so experience and you really can't do too much mm. although you can be that support but really you've got your hands tied and you just want everything to work perfect for them and you know it's just incredibly hard to, in life I don't think there's any other time when you get to watch those experiences and can't really do too much. Well, you and I like to be involved. Like you and I like to <laughs> yeah. do things. Like yeah. we, we are doers and rightly or wrongly, like that's just what we like to do. So to be in that moment and have to let go of all control is a different experience that I guess that we're both not used to. Yeah, 100%. So do you. <laughs> yeah. You both like your con- That's why we work really well together. Before actually <laughs> we, we move on a little bit from childbirth, can you just share that you – play the guitar and there was a riff that you were playing all throughout my pregnancy and you didn't realise what it was. I don't think I've shared this on the podcast. You didn't realise what you were playing, like you thought you were just playing a riff that you'd made up and what, what happened? I wish you had sent me these questions earlier. I said, I do you, wanna, said, do you want not- me to talk to you about and you said, no, I don't want to be rehearsed. I don't want to know okay, anything. Okay, so fair enough. No, it's good to be on the spot. Yeah, no, okay, it's better to be enough. on the spot. I had a guitar here downstairs in our lounge room and would pick it up randomly and I had this riff that was in my head and I couldn't quite figure out the riff. Like it was just like it felt like it was an idea of mine but it also felt really familiar and it was annoying me for ages, obviously annoying you too because you were heavily pregnant. Put the fucking guitar down (laughs) was, you know, something that you said quite a lot. (laughs) And we had music blaring during childbirth and as Lulu came out, she came out to the section of the song The Chain by um, Fleetwood, Fleetwood Mac. Mac. And that riff was the riff oh that God. I had been like annoying everyone with. Oh, my God. I don't think I've heard that story. I don't think I've even heard that story. But it's not even a song that's like special to us. Like I, I love Fleetwood Mac, but it's not even – we don't even listen to Fleetwood Mac that often. It's not a song that you particularly would ever probably listen to and it was just so bizarre. That, yeah, that was wow. bizarre. As she was coming out, that part was playing. Anyway. And it's a small riff too. It's a big change in the song. Anyway, whatever. So, okay, so moving on from childbirth and – we kind of like to talk about the baby bubble that you're in when you're in hospital and then when you're at home, those kind of first few hours, first couple of days. And then that kind of starts to die down a little bit and you're entering into that postpartum period or the first sort of six weeks. I'll start with you, Aiden, because again, this is quite recent for you. How have you sort of found that postpartum period and what from that stage sort of really stands out for you? I suppose, again, two different experiences. 
uh, honey first, I suppose I'll start with. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, excuse me, can you start with me, yeah, please? Okay, I'll That's start with red. Um, no, I'll start with honey. That whole idea that you're going into a room with two, coming out with three, and that new family feeling, mm. we were definitely in a massive love bubble. We were sort of at home and mm. and really like we didn't need anyone to come home. We didn't need anyone there. We were we had everything. It was we were madly in love, still are madly in love. But um, <laughs> yeah, just that whole idea of having a new family was just so great. Mm. Where with Ren, I feel like it wasn't like this love bubble, but it was a really amazing time for Honey and myself to really become best friends. I really feel like our relationship just skyrocketed because it was something that I could really do and take her away from the situation or really be with her a lot more where the first time I just was, yeah, the butler. (laughs) There wasn't much I could really do for those first couple of weeks apart from just make the house sparkle and, you know, do lots of the cooking and stuff like that. So, really different experiences, but the second time where Honey and I got to spend all this time together, it really was a defining moment in our relationship so far where we could really, you know, escalate it and, and, you know, become best buddies. I love that you're speaking about all the beautiful moments and that they are what stick out for you, but there has been a lot of tough moments this time around with Ren. I think we've probably talked in depth about our relationship, about our future, about the way we want to parent. Like, you know, it's so emotional and it's I, – I think – I feel like I've been highly, highly emotional this time around, very underslept and quite triggered by a lot of stuff, which I often put a lot of blame on you or, you know, kind of probe you for those things. Like, have you felt that to be tough or – Definitely the second pregnancy has been a lot more of a challenge for everyone, I suppose. It's been quite hard. Ren is definitely different than Honey and Mm. we've had to sort of start again and learn new things. Um, I suppose like you guys have realised that you've got two beautiful girls and they're probably two different girls as well. So You think uh, you know because you're like, I've done it once before. And you, you are, I think, maybe a little bit more relaxed second time around, but then there are different babies. So you're like, hang on a minute, like what do I do here? It's yeah, weird that because the whole time I thought that we we're going to have just another honey, yeah, which is pretty crazy now that you have two and you, it makes sense that they're going to be different. Yeah, I just thought that, well, Soph will end up breastfeeding and she'll fall asleep for 12 hours and it will <laughs> all be fine. And, you know, you just think that that's just going to be that. Well, Ren doesn't like to sleep so much and yeah. he – Wants a cuddle and honey was like, I don't need a cuddle. Yeah. So. Luckily, we're sleep- talking to a sleep consultant later in this episode, darling. <laughs> Not you, <laughs> don't worry. Or- no, no. Yeah, for me. It's it's kind for of all for of both us. of you, for all of us, yeah. <laughs> I just want to take the opportunity, I suppose, darling, like you're doing an amazing job. Oh, um, and like I say, a lot of the time I certainly aren't cut out for what you do. And what you do really blows me away every day. So, yeah, you're an amazing mother. Remember before we had kids, you were like, I'll be a stay-at-home dad. You know, when you're ready to go back to work, I'd love to be a stay-at-home dad. (laughs) How do you feel about that now? Oh, look, obviously I'd been drinking. (laughs) No, I did think I was going to be a stay-at-home dad. It's bloody challenging. To be honest, I don't have the patience Mm. that I thought I would have had before having kids. Mm. I thought that you know, I really love kids and everything like that, but it really gets me yeah, quite frustrated when things don't go my way. Mackie, what's the hardest part of fatherhood that you've experienced so far? Or one challenge that maybe keeps reoccurring or is unexpected or something yeah, that you okay, struggle okay. All with? Right. Well, or- do you know what? Probably the hardest part I find is trying to find a balance of teaching the kids and then also trying to find that sweet spot between like being polite or like these are the things that we do as a household, like these are the way that we talk to each other. You do not speak to your mum like that. Like we do this, we do that. Like I feel like I've got like high standards like with that with the kids and sometimes I find that maybe I'm a bit too overreaching into that. So typically then at night time as I'm going to bed and Kate and I are talking, I'm like, man, like 
I was way too hard on Nina or like whatever the- The dad guilt creeps in. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I, I feel like that is the hardest part. I love nothing more than just spending time with the kids, like mowing the lawns, hanging out on the lawn after we've mowed the lawns and then going to the beach. That's that's a top weekend. Like there's nothing else. <laughs> I don't really need to do much. Yeah, wholesome. You know? Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of easy, right? And the kids are easy too. But then when it's hectic and everything's like going on and you're busy and you miss time with the kids because you're so focused on- getting the dishes done, getting the washes done, like paying bills, like whatever the scenario needs to be and you're not being present with the kids. And I find that that is probably something that I struggle with, finding that balance. It's really tricky because, you know, we all want to be the best parents that we can be and it's our job to kind of teach them things and we do need to discipline them sometimes but at the same time you don't always want to feel like you're telling your kids off or that you're yelling at your children all the time you kind of want to just have those moments of just letting them be kids and letting them just run wild and kind of figure it out for themselves. But finding that balance is really tricky and we do often sit in bed at night time and go, oh, I wish I had have done this or why did I say this or why did I do that? But then also you kind of got to look at all the amazing things that you do do as a parent for your kids and the love that you show them and you know, you are doing an amazing job. I think job. when you and I are in a groove, like when everything's just rocking and you and I like everything's sweet, then the kids really pick up on that Mm. and they just like sit in that and they are just flowing and everything's completely fine. And then maybe when you and I aren't communicating or there's Mm. there's shit going on, they get louder and louder because they want more attention and then that's usually like something breaks and there's a snap and then, of course, I feel guilty about it later on. No, I think when you're not working as a team, it really kind of affects everyone within the house a little bit. And it can be tricky. We were just talking about that last night, like different parenting styles and I think naturally you fall into a parenting style of the way that you were raised and yet we all have our own issues in whatever ways as a result of the way we were raised or as a result of our upbringing. And for me personally, I always feel like I don't really want to put that same energy or experience into my kids. So how do I change the narrative? Like how do I change the parenting style to avoid them having certain experiences that I've had? It's a conversation that you have to work through together, I think. And I think we constantly have that conversation at different points and especially as they're growing and they're in different ages and different things are happening in your life as well can really change your dialogue between each other. Yeah. Do you feel like you as a dad, but you guys as parents have shifted and evolved in the style of parents that you want to be based on certain experiences? I'm super, super lucky. And I say this all the time. Like I've literally had the best upbringing ever. I could not ask for anything else. And that's no word of a lie. You know, Mm. I say that quite a lot. Mm. I appreciate everything that I've had because I've, I've just had ultimate freedom for where we lived, for what we got up to, for the, the, the things that we did. I had so much fun. And I was also super lucky to spend a lot of time with my grandparents Mm. and my grandparents had a very different parenting style to what my parents do right? and would deliberately do stuff knowing that my parents wouldn't like whatever it was, you know what I mean? And obviously since we've had kids, I witnessed some of those things and I'm like, okay, that's awesome. I'm so glad that Nina and Lulu get to spend time with all of their grandparents in different circumstances doing different things Mm. because- Grandparents have obviously a wealth of knowledge and um, lots of different experiences that they can show the kids. But it can also get tricky though when you want to parent slightly differently. But that's when it comes back to, once again, you and I like managing that together and talking about it and going, okay, cool. So if one grandparent really likes to do X and that might not really align with exactly like what we're trying to do, well, it's not happening every single day. So, like, how can we make that adjustment when the kids come back into our home? Putting it into perspective a little bit, the yeah. bigger picture, yeah. We want to ask next what's been the most fulfilling part, but do you want to talk about what you found as the hardest part? I think I was saying before that one of the hardest parts was definitely learning things that you don't actually know about yourself. Yeah. Not having that patience, that's been a big wake-up call for me because – you know, I don't like to think that I don't have any patience for my own children and it's something that I have to definitely work on. Like you said before, Kate, you just want to be the best parent you can possibly be. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're a product of 
what your parents and how your parents parented um, and that's your natural way to sort of parent. Yeah. Although you might not like it, it's sort of the default. And, yeah, I find myself, both of my parents, having different styles of parenting. Yeah. You know, there's no right or wrong, but they definitely have a different style of parenting. And I find myself tossing up between which one I want to choose. And then I've also got Soph as well, who likes to research a lot about parenting (laughs) and then tell me, you know, this is why we should parent this way and we have those conversations as well. So I think with Soph doing all the research about parenting and and trying to make us the best parents, it really helps me learn a lot about myself. It is confronting, you know, it only can make you better if you do listen to it. So yeah, the, the biggest thing for me would be just to be more patient, live in the moment. It is what it is. Yeah. And lose some of that control because we're dealing with humans here. Well, you really can't prepare for parenthood. Of course, there's little bits and pieces of things you can do, but it doesn't matter what someone else's experience has been because you really learn as you go. And as we sort of said before, every single child is completely different. And I think for me, I would say that becoming a parent is probably one of the most challenging things I've ever done in my entire life because you get really pushed as a person. Yeah, and, for sure. You know, when you were talking about before saying, you know, you don't think you've got as much patience as what you thought you did. You probably do have patience, but you're getting really, really pushed yeah. as a parent because that's what kids do. They really, they push, push us buttons, yeah. and they really challenge us. And that's all about, you know, learning and growing and evolving as a person. I think the other thing is though, dude, you're sitting here saying like, here's the things that like, I think I would like to improve on Yeah, as I do as well. The fact that we're like even talking about it and going, okay, cool. I know that I want to get better in these areas is already a step forward. Yeah, totally. And, yeah. It, and it is a different era. There's different things. There's different pressures. Like we will never be able to live in what our parents went through because we don't know what their parents went through and their parents before that. So there's always going to be that chain of, of different styles and different communication skills and whatever. And you can only do the best with what you've got as long as you're aware of like what you're doing. I'm s- super grateful. I've forgotten the author's name, but the guy who wrote Raising Girls, a close friend had said, you need to read Raising Girls, but don't read it all at once. Just go along with the age groups, and which I've done with both kids. It sits beside <laughs> the bed. And sometimes when I'm like, wow, you know, like I did this or I did that, or I was like maybe too hard here or like how come one kid's behaving like this, I'll kind of flip back and go, okay, cool, like, they're behaving like this because they need attention here or, you know, they're, maybe there's something going on outside of these four walls that I'm not aware of and maybe I should start to, like, ask questions of more of, hey, what's what's going on with your friend at school? And, like, that Raising Girls book, can you please put it in the show notes? We will definitely put it in the <laughs> show notes. And I think that book has become really good, particularly as our kids are getting older. Like, you know, Nina being at school now, there's so many things that we've read within that book that we're like, oh, my God, this all makes sense. It's not written in a way that's so authoritarian and like this is the things you've got yeah. to do and you've got to do this. It's kind of just pointing out some human behaviours and as you read along, you kind of go, oh, okay, actually I know some people who are like that and they probably lacked this in their upbringing. So I'm going to make sure that my kids don't miss out on what that is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so we just spoke about some of the challenges that you guys have found since becoming dads. What would you say has been the most fulfilling part of fatherhood so far? We'll start with you, Aiden. Wow. Oh. <laughs> Every day is pretty fulfilling. I think that the first thing that comes to my mind is watching our little girl look at our little boy and say, "I'm so proud of you." Oh, um, ever. Or I love you so much. That's hands off. We don't do anything there. We're just like, that's just them. Yeah, their own connection, their raw feelings. Mm. And you're just like, wow, this is just, this is what we've created. Mm. And this is just so beautiful. And that's only just started happening like in a matter of weeks, hasn't it? Yeah. Like Ren's just opened up a little bit more, is a little bit more aware and interactive and Honey's just like falling in love with him. It's so, so beautiful to watch. I agree. She'll leave the table some nights. Oh. I've got to go and check on Ren oh. and run and, oh, it's okay, Rennie. It's okay, Rennie. And you're just like, that's so cute. <laughs> yeah. It's the best thing, seeing your 
children, the relationship form between siblings. Like it's just, yeah, it's amazing. Mm. Super special. What about you, Max? <sighs> I don't know. I, I've, I feel like you and I have wanted to be parents for a while. So having kids kind of felt natural to where we were going mm. in our relationship and what we were doing together. But yeah, like you said, dude, every day, like every day something different happens and you're like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I you, can't really pinpoint anything. You often say you love having like your little mate with you. Yeah, either, could, either, either, of, them. either I, of them. I yeah. really enjoy going to a soil supply <laughs> place with one of the kids is seriously one of the most funnest things ever. Again, for context, we are currently doing a lot of gardening and renovating. That's why we were at a – where were you? Red Hill Sand and Soil. Just give you a little <laughs> shout <laughs> And today's shout episode out. sponsor is Red Hill Sand and Soil. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, having a little mate, they're both at a super fun age. I was surfing with with Nina the other night. Was That was just, you know, amazing. She um, actually said to me, because obviously you've taken her out a couple of times and she was being a little bit more cautious the other day than what she has been. And I think you took her out a little bit and then she wanted to come back in. And she's like, I really, really don't want to upset daddy. I know how much he loves surfing. And I was like, it's okay. Like, daddy won't mind. And she's like, okay, I think I can do this. I think I want to do it. And so I was kind of calling out to you again and just the look on your face, like how quickly you were paddling back in to get her. Because <laughs> she just, yeah. The daddy-daughter bond is pretty oh, the best. cute. Yeah. But that's a feeling in itself, even just spending that time on yeah. the beach and we're all together, mm. the dog's there. You know, the kids are there, you're there. Like it's just all that type of stuff, I guess, to combine it into one is the fulfilment. The simple things. Just all this is hanging out. So a little more on like day-to-day, do you feel like in your household, your roles of mum and dad are quite defined and quite different or do you both do a bit of everything and how does this work for you? Can I rip into this one? Please do. (laughs) I definitely feel like we have roles that work together. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say exactly what they are, but I think for our relationship, come on, darling, I'd love. No, to I'm not that. gonna talk about. <laughs> no, I agree. Who I do takes agree. The bins out and who does what, but <laughs> okay, I don't take the bins yeah, out. Yeah, look, it's not important, but I think. <laughs> but I would I, like what I said before with communication. I think when we're both doing our roles, yeah, it's awesome. It just helps the house and helps the kids because mm. they just see that we're working together which helps them. It gives, that gives them more time. Like if I can go off and do whatever it needs to be done over there, Kate's doing whatever it is over there. Mm. And obviously this doesn't work all the time mm. and you have to cross over or if someone's sick or if someone's away or like whatever the scenario is, obviously you've just got to pick it up and, and get on with it. But I think our roles are quite defined not by, hey, this is what I do and this is what you do. I think it's just the way that it works together. What about you, darling? Yeah, I think – we sort of share the load a lot, although at the moment you're home, so you do lots of the house stuff while I'm at work. But yeah, there's no definite jobs that we do around the house that are mine and yours. It's mm-hmm. just whatever needs to be done. I would have thought that I would have been more about a defined line. Parenting doesn't necessarily work like that or not in our house. We've really got to just move with it. There's definitely like day-to-day things that you always do and that I always do, but I feel like we do get a bit blurred sometimes with Mm. who does what. And we both like to support each other by doing a bit of everything, but sometimes it can get It can become a problem. Like if I do the washing, it doesn't necessarily work out. So we've sort of made that probably one job that I'm not (laughs) allowed to do. The way that you do the washing. Yeah, well, I just put everything in. Um, What's wrong with putting everything in, dude? I literally we can have a bit of an issue with this sometimes because we've got to get the stains out. So I'm just always like all complaining that there's so much washing because there is, and then there's stains and whatever. We would clean probably equally, but I reckon I maybe do clothes washing more <laughs> than you. <laughs> but I think a lot of that is due to the fact that you'll often do it, and then occasionally instead of just being like, "Oh, thanks for doing that," I'll be like. Did you check if there was any stains on it? Oh, that mm. really needs to get soaked. And then he's like, I've just, I've just done help. it. I was just yeah. I was just doing it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Sometimes that can be a bit frustrating. Yeah, but that's cool though. We, we know yeah. where we sit. And then there's things that I don't do, yeah. like stack the dishwasher very well. 
That's a very good one. You do not, I don't know why, but you just don't know how to stack that dishwasher and properly. And then you're like, did you stack this? I'm like, no, Nina did it. Like, hello, Nina who do you would do think it. stacked uh, yeah. the Look, dishwasher? Can we, on, can we move on from this topic, <laughs> please? Like, this, this, this is a loaded get- question. <laughs> <laughs> I think having roles is good, though, because we know where we stand with each other. We know when we're crossing into each other's territory. We actually got into a pretty deep conversation about this the other night, didn't we? Mm-hmm. And then it turned into like social constraints around oh my god gender oh my god. and roles and is that a thing for you guys like are you like well no i shouldn't be doing the washing because you know oh I'm like not a, a gender yeah, thing. yeah um no no it's not so much about that it's just more about like it's just a very modern world that we live in now yeah. and there's a lot of societal issues and there's a lot of you know with women having more opportunity and more focus on their careers and all that sort of stuff that I think there is a lot of blurred lines, not just necessarily with our relationship or our situation, but in general. And I think that can have benefits, of course, but also I think we both agree that it makes things very blurry sometimes. Mm. I like to play to my strengths and then that can become a a very much a male and a female thing Mm. and an old world- More traditional. Traditional sort of look. And I always question it, don't yeah, I? Yeah, <laughs> and so I've questioned it where I can see the pros and cons. It's definitely a conversation that we have a lot of the time saying, I suppose I'm a little bit old school, so it's definitely new school. You're a new age guy though, like you're very open, you're very vulnerable, you're very sensitive and I grew up with five brothers. So I've kind of come from a background of gender equality, like if he can do it, I can do it, you know, that's the way I had to grow up to be a part of my siblings activities and to be a part of my family so I could see how that can be a challenge. To bring that question back to parenting and newborn phase well obviously there's roles that you can only do for sure obviously but I I wanted to be quite hands-on with Nina obviously with Lulu too forgetting about maybe the roles gender play in that circumstance I think it's just like well you can't do it So i got to get in there and do it. Yeah, well, I think we've got the same sort of views there. You know, you just got to divide and conquer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Teamwork makes the dream work. Yeah. But, I mean, it's really confronting coming back to like what you were saying before when you have your first child, second child, and it really is about gender because you're sort of slapped in the face that Mm. as males we can't do a lot of the stuff. Mm. And a lot of the time you become helpless or you think you're sort of helpless. Mm. And the truth of the matter is – You've really got to sort of cop that and just understand that you can't yeah. breastfeed. You can't nurture like what a mother can do. And this is where I come from a lot of the time. And it's sort of, you know, I go down some sort of rabbit, rabbit Warren. Yeah, rabbit yeah. Warren with it because you've got to play to your strengths. What is the biggest thing that I'll start with you, darling, that you've learned about yourself since becoming a parent? Man, I don't know. I think I learned I didn't like myself quite a lot. And the behaviours and things that I did Mm pre-kids, reflecting on it, I probably lived an incredibly selfish and self-indulgent lifestyle, which, fuck yeah, glad I did it, 100%. But yeah, since having two kids, it's just like, wow, these two awesome little things deserve everything and I want to give them everything. I think selflessness. Selflessness, yeah. If you were to choose one word to describe what you're- Yeah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. That's probably, I've learnt. That. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we've all probably learned that. But I can relate. I feel the same. I, I look back and I'm like, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that part of myself. But, but I think you're supposed to though, right? You're supposed to do that in your life. Then it opens up a whole other world that you didn't probably know really existed. You know, and people say, you wait till you have children. Like, oh, you just have no idea. But you really don't until you have a child. But I wanted to have kids with you. Yeah. Like I wanted to do that. So having kids was not like everything's going to change and like my lifestyle is ruined now. Like I wanted to change my lifestyle and wanted to change the things that I was doing because there was a kid coming. How long have you two been together now for everyone listening? 17 years. Holy We just had our 17-year anniversary. (gasps) Shit, you two are old. (laughs) So young. Well, they got together when they were six. He's older than me. (laughs) Why are you saying no, I'm older than you? What's that got to do with that? So what? <laughs> <laughs> that's such an amazing achievement, 17 years. Yeah. Thank you. Well done. Would you like to comment on that, what you've learned about yourself? 
Oh, I've learned lots. Every day I learn stuff about myself. You know, you're forever growing and that's what life's all about. I don't know if it's just because of parenting. It's definitely been a big change, a massive change, something that I didn't think it would be as big. Definitely struggled with the big change first time. Second time I was already in deep. Mm. So the patience thing, that was probably the biggest thing that I want to be more patient. I want to I want to improve on that and that's probably been the yeah, the biggest thing so far. Kids are testing though, so only natural. Do you guys feel like you have someone or somewhere to go or to talk to about fatherhood struggles? <laughs> I know where this is. Oh. <laughs> or the opposite or fatherhood achievements or, you know, do, do, do you feel like this is my wanted man. to? <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um, you guys do talk a lot. You're both very open, vulnerable guys, which is really nice that you have each other for that. Yeah, I don't think I'd be the parent I am today without Mackie. Oh, uh, dude, don't say that. I don't. I really so dude, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely ringing Mackie a lot of the time and just sort of going through certain things, um, whether it be the children or yourself. Mackie's always been a great shoulder to cry on. Uh, no, a, a great person for wisdom, a sort of a role model in one way. I love the way that he does parent. It's helped me along the way and, yeah, it's it's always been great to have you to sort of lean on. It's been great and that's probably my external person I can talk to. Dude, thank you. <laughs> I, I really, really do appreciate that. I think we're both – we're lucky but we've also worked hard on our relationship, independent of you two, as much as you'd like to think it's all about you both. We do call each other a lot. We talk a lot. We don't do it deliberately. I think we just call up and just be like, man, like this is going on or this is happening and it works through really well. I feel lucky and grateful. I've also got a couple of friends who have got kids who are older than Nina who I've called and asked things about technology, school stuff, all that type of stuff. And I think when you get a good, just couple of group of friends, it's, it's not necessarily a drain on the relationship. It's just a part of the normal conversation. Hey man, did you buy your kid this thing at this age? Yes, I did. And I did it for these reasons. And here's what else happened. And I know that this person, and it's when you share values with someone like you and I do, and a couple of other people who we interact with, sharing that information together in that casual forum is super helpful. It can be hard because, you know, often you might have different friends that you know you have different relationships with but often if your parenting values or the way that you parent is quite different they might not necessarily be someone that you would go to for advice in regards to parenting so the fact that you know you've both just said that you do have like a mate or mates that you can talk to that you kind of have similar values like that's really important I think that's amazing that's yeah a really good point I, I find that that was a real big thing for me that if you don't have the same values as parents, you find that you're moving away from friends that you might have called your best friends or or whatever or had a really close friendship with where I think that we all share the same sort of values mm. and that's only made our friendship stronger. Our yeah. kids all get along so well and we talk about it a lot that you're sort of like, okay, honey, go and choose our friends. You yeah, know, it's so bit, true you know, But that's sort of how it works because at the end of the day, if we come over to your house or, or whatever, you want to be able to leave the room and know that whatever's gone on in that room, you guys have, you know, got our back and you yeah. know that everything that would have happened would have been the same thing as what we would have done if we were in the room. So it's that's an eye-opener really that you don't think would have happened, you know, before having kids. You think you take all your friends with you, you know, you're going to have the same We're all life. on this journey together, yeah. but it doesn't always end up like yeah, that. And yeah, and it's not your fault. It's just how it really sort of falls, I suppose. Nice insight, guys. I wish we could keep talking, but I think um, it's dinner time. It's dinner time and <laughs> bath time and all of the above. Did you cook dinner, darling? I thought you were cooking dinner yeah, tonight. Yeah, I thought you were doing the shopping today, babe. I've got more things I want to talk about. I don't know where the hell you guys think you're going. <laughs> well, Mackie, let's we'll go to the We'll have to have you back on <laughs> yeah. the pod. Yeah, we might have to pick this up, do a chapter two, but... Don't ask us what happens when we go watch surf movies together. Yeah. That sounds... Oh, what? That's so oh, no, not no, 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 no
I just yeah, Oh, whatever. sorry, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, that yeah, true. You always go on these little movie dates to watch surf <laughs> movies. Okay, we won't ask. I don't really want to know, to be honest. We talk about parenting and stuff, don't we? Yeah, well You'd be like, Yeah, you know, this is really rad and Aiden would be like, Oh, you know, this is just so beautiful. <laughs> I can see I can see our two girls who have been very patient in the They've other room so looking at us through the window. They're in the same part of the house. They're not like outside looking at us like watching <laughs> outside of the rain. <laughs> yeah. Um, so thank you both so much. It has been okay. so nice to have this conversation. And obviously, you know, I would like to think we all have open and honest conversations together a lot. We do. But to actually sit here and open up and do it in front of a microphone. Thank you for having us as a podcast. I think it should be noted that you have both worked so hard and I'm sure you don't tell your listeners how much work you put in, but you are both on the phone to each other 24 hours a day. <laughs> I know. Not talking shit. You're actually talking about what you guys are doing. You both give so much time, so much effort, so much research into your guests and I think not us. This but is probably like, our least researched. No, I'm kidding. We've spent years researching you two. Yeah. I get a kick out of hearing new information and hearing you guys like talk about things that I would just never even bother looking at or exploring or it would just never come across my vision. And yeah, I've learned a lot from you guys, but back to the podcast, I think you've both just done such an amazing job and keep going. Yeah, you should both be very, very proud of yourselves. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and we're definitely Thank very proud of you. Thank you, guys. Definitely. Couldn't Thanks do it so without your support. Thanks for your time after a long day. Yes. Now, a little change of pace because yes. we are getting into sharing is caring in Yay. this episode. Can we go now or do we have to stay? You don't have to stay. You may you may be excused <laughs> from the dinner table. Just sit quietly for two oh seconds. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and this guest comes at a very good time for me because I'm definitely sleepless. Aiden and I both are a bit sleepless at the moment. So today's sharing is caring guest is with a dear friend of ours, Bianca, from Plan B Sleep Consulting. She's actually joined us on the podcast before and shared her personal story with us. So go back and listen to that one from season two. I think it was episode six. But today we have her back on to shed some light on her business plan B and talk all about sleep consulting. So Bianca's practice is all around empowering parents to achieve a better night's sleep. As a registered midwife and internationally certified sleep consultant, she uses the most holistic approach when dealing with children's sleep issues. Sleep really is such a vital biological function to our health and well-being. And if you're not getting a lot of it due to unsettled kids and babies, you may just need some support. Let's find out all the tips from Bianca. Here she is. Bianca, darling, thank you for joining us again. How are you today? Thanks, guys. I'm well. I'm well. How are you both going? We're I'm good. Great. Slightly sleepless, so very happy to <laughs> be seeing your face and hearing your voice today. Couldn't have come at a better time. <laughs> so, first off, we know that you're an experienced midwife, but can you just start by giving us a little overview on what made you go down the path of sleep consulting? Yeah, so I've got two little boys. Oscar is five and Hugo is three and a half. And I guess... Where I sort of became quite interested in sleep consulting was when Oscar was a newborn. He was a really shockingly hard newborn. He was doing all the, actually all the normal newborn things. I just didn't really understand it. So from there, I, I definitely started doing a lot more reading and so forth. When I had Hugo, the same sort of thing erupted. And with all of my postnatal depression and so forth, I didn't feel like there was much in the way of support around our area. Yeah. And really just in Victoria, Australia, I didn't feel like there was a great amount of support for sleepless mums and explaining that a lot of these issues are very real and normal. Mm. So I created Plan B based on that, basically. So I started Plan B about three and a half years ago now. And it literally started from an idea of just really wanting to help families get some more sleep and mm. just be as real as I possibly could. And since you started Plan B yeah. and sort of found that there was a bit of a gap in the markets, do you find that the industry has grown and expanded a lot? 
Oh, massively. Yeah. 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 When I had Oscar, I think there was always one sleep consultant that I was always following. There were some in America that I was following. I mean, Instagram was very different back then, Yeah. but nothing really popped up on my feed. I wasn't, I never really thought, oh, I'll get a sleep consultant. I thought, oh no, just do what I, what I do. Like, that's fine. When Hugo came around though, I was a lot more understanding of like, you know, sleep consultants and all that sort of stuff. I had a sleep consultant with Oscar, but it was very basic information. It wasn't, it was literally, here's a sheet, off you go. Follow Mm. it. So we know as mothers of young kids ourselves, how much parents Mm. obsess over sleep. Like I remember, you know, the first time being a new mum, like you become obsessed by sleep, how much sleep you're getting or you're going to get, how much the baby is or isn't sleeping. At what sort of age or stage do you recommend that parents can sort of start implementing a sleep routine with babies? When it comes to newborns, I will always say don't follow a strict routine or strict times or anything like that. What we really want to be focusing on from newborns is looking at awake windows. So different ages have different awake windows. But really when they're newborn, all you want to be doing is a feed, play, sleep routine. So you really just want to be feeding them, giving them a little bit of tummy time or, you know, giving them a cuddle and doing tummy time on you and then popping them back down for a sleep when they're showing tired signs. As they get older... When they sort of start to hit more of that sort of four-month mark, that's the sort of sweet spot to really start doing sleep training. So that doesn't necessarily mean you have to get a sleep consultant. It literally just means that you can start focusing more on things becoming a lot more predictable than what they are sort of currently or um, or prior to that sort of four-month period. That's exactly the position that I'm in right now, four-month-old. Yeah, yes, you're in the trenches. Yeah, which brings me to want to ask you about regression, this term regression and babies going through these different developmental stages which affects their sleep and affects their routine and may affect other things like their eating or drinking or whatever else it is. Can you talk us through like what you would describe as a regression, like if they're real, what they are and what we should look out for? Yeah, so I definitely believe in regressions, not only because I've researched a lot about them, but mm-hmm. because I've seen them happen with my own children. So a regression is it is a really shocking word to call it because it sounds, it sounds so negative, mm-hmm. but essentially what it is, it's a progression in their development. So from that four-month period, babies start to develop more of an adult-like sleep cycle. So you start to see their sleeps start to form really from about sort of six to 12 weeks, you'll find a baby starts to really catnap more. So they may have been doing big, long chunks prior to that, but around about that six to 12 week mark, you really start to see them catnap a lot more and they're not linking their sleep cycles. They might start to become a bit more irritable. Around that four month mark, their sleep starts to become more adult-like. So what you start to see especially in the evenings, is their chunks of sleep start to become more two to four hours. So REM might be waking up about sort of anywhere between sort of two to four hours overnight. And if they are sort of rocked or held or fed to sleep, they are going to expect that that's the way that they need to get back to sleep, basically. I am loving everything Bianca's telling us today. Absolutely lapping it up with the stage that I'm at now. So if you guys are enjoying this chat as much as we are, we're actually going to release the full version on its own next week. So tune in for that. And you can hear more about Bianca's methods, her top recommendations on products to support baby sleep. And also we get to find out from Bianca how a sleep consultant's own kid's sleep (laughs) tune in next week see you soon guys bye that's it for today make sure you head to incommonprojects.com.au for the show notes hit subscribe on your podcast app and follow us on instagram at talking in common or you can check out our facebook page which is also talking in common have a lovely day and as always thanks for listening